So the missionary family who is with us, someone came earlier and said, uh, are, are those first-time guests? Yes, they are first time in our services. And I'm going to ask the Roars to please stand. Uh, sometimes you guys see people in our mission house. Uh, let's give them applause this morning and a, and a good faith welcome. Thank you, guys. They are new missionaries doing deputation, trying to raise the support to go to Latvia. And we are privileged to be able to host them in our missionary house at this time. And so please go by and meet them while they're here. We finished a series last week, and we're beginning a new series this week. And our series is the parable of the soul. Now, I realize that uh, most people would refer to the passage that has been read in your presence this morning, would refer to that as the parable of the sower. But in looking over the different places where this passage, where this parable is recorded in the scripture, it seems to me that while the sower and the seed are important, it is the soil, the different kinds of soil, that are the focus of the parable. And so we're going to spend about five weeks on this one parable. Uh, for me, that's uh, a bit of a relief that because over the past several series I've tried to cover so much scripture at one time and now I get to slow down a bit and dig deeper into the parable. Um, in the first part of this, to introduce the parable, I want to speak to you uh, concerning the parable of the soil about the seed, the sower, and the soil. And the passage that Sarah read to us is Luke chapter 8, verses 4 through 15. The seed, the sower, and the soil. Now it's very clear in the passage that the seed represents the power of the Scriptures, the power of the Word of God, the power of the Bible. Now, in speaking of the seed, it is clear also, I mean, it is an agricultural principle that seed brings life and fruit. If you don't put seed in the ground, you get no plant, you have no fruit. It is a principle. Jesus said, except to the corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. He was talking about himself, and yet, Don, that is a, an agricultural principle. I'm not a great farmer. But I, I know that you don't get a crop of wheat delaying. You don't get a crop of corn if you don't put seed in the ground. The seed grows in the ground. The seed begins to rot and decay. The outer shell falls off so that there can sprout from what is inside, roots going down and a sprout coming up. Gail, somewhere along the way, that thing sprouts. And that's what the, the parable says. Another seed fell on the good ground and sprang up and bare fruit. And so there's two parts of this. There is the life-giving quality of the seed, and there is the fruitfulness of the seed, and we need both of those. Now, in, in thinking about that, I, I said that we're talking about the power of the Scriptures, the power of the Word of God, and we need to understand that the context that he began with, the context of the explanation 
to the disciples was, Alan, it's given to you to understand the principles of the kingdom of God. Now, in the kingdom of God, you have to understand that the seed is the word of God. Now, Peter, he said to, to the disciples, they said, explain to us. And why, why are you speaking to us in parables? Because there are some who will not understand and there are some who will understand. And it is given to you who will hear, are willing to hear, and therefore can understand to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, the word of God is the seed that brings life. Jesus, in his own words, said, The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. That's the two things. They're, they are life, they, they are spirit, and they are life. That is the word of God. The Bible says about, the, about itself, about the scriptures, about the word of God, for the word of God is living and powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now, if you think about, I'm talking about life, but that verse of Scripture looks a great deal like death. You see that? It's piercing. It's sharp. It... It is so sharp that it divides the soul and the spirit. It is so sharp, so living, so powerful that it reveals your inner thoughts. It reveals to you and perhaps to others. It reveals to you who you really are. Let me tell you what happens when the Word of God is preached in the church. Let me tell you what happens when you share the Word of God with your friends and neighbors. The Word of God will do the work of God. We've said that for years. What does that mean? It means the Word of God will bring conviction of sin. The Word of God reveals the righteousness of God. The Word of God lets you know that one day that we as sinful men will stand before a righteous God in judgment. The Word of God brings conviction. Can I give you some advice as you witness to your friends and family? Don't argue. You may be a great apologist. I grieve the passing of Ravi Zacharias this past week. A great apologist. But you don't win people to the Lord by arguing. Neither do you need to defend the Word of God. People may attack the Word of God and say that it is not so, but you don't defend it. I had an evangelism teacher many years ago. I usually say near about 100 years ago, but some of you are tired of me hearing, hearing me say that. But many years ago, I had an evangelism teacher use the illustration, if a thief breaks into your home and you step out with your 45 caliber pistol 
to confront the thief, you don't say to him as he attacks you, this is a 45 caliber weapon, it's got a 23 grain shell in it. it. In that shell, there's 17 grams of lead. And, and when I pull the trigger, it's going to explode a cap. And, and the cap explosion of the cap will ignite the powder and it will propel the lead into your body. You don't defend it. You use it to defend your home and your life. You don't defend it. You use it. The Word of God is our weapon. And it is sharp. And you don't have to defend it. The Spirit of God will do that. As He moves upon the Word of God as it's preached, as it's taught, as you share it as a part of your witness, if you just use it, we want to use all kinds of logical arguments and think we're doing well. I'm glad you believe enough to know those arguments, but the truth is the most powerful thing you can do is share the Word of God. Because it's sharp. It'll do what you cannot do. When someone comes into this congregation and the gospel of Jesus Christ is preached, the Word of God is shared. This is what happens. There is conviction. Conviction that they know that they are lost, that they're sinners, that they are condemned by God, separated from God. And then they hear the good news that Jesus paid for their sin, and all they have to do is believe on Him. Turn their lives over to Him. It is a sharp sword. And it brings death. But then it leads to faith in God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The Word of God, friend, is powerful. You can believe it and you can use it. You can trust it. And listen to me, the key to the growth of the kingdom of God is the sowing of the seed, the Word of God. Notice that it says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Friend, if in this service today you've never been saved, you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, I believe that God's brought you here for this moment, this part of the sermon that you need to hear. Listen, if you'll hear the Word of God, and if you will receive it, understand where you are out of relationship with God, and if you will turn your life over to Him, repent of your sins, and trust in Him, you will receive the gift of eternal life. The seed of the kingdom, the Word of God, brings life. Not only that, you will never come into judgment, condemnation again for your sin. Rather, you will have already passed from death unto life. The seed 
is the power of God, the, the powerful seed. We need to understand, if we understand that, though we must understand that the word of God must be sown. It says, other seed fell on the ground and sprang up and bare fruit. If the church is to grow, if the kingdom of God is to grow and multiply, the seed must be sown. If the seed is not sown, there will be no harvest. We must sow the seed, both here and in our lives. Because, because the seed must be sown, we want to talk about the sower. We talked about the seed, now we, we want to talk about the sower. And the message of the sower is the priority of proclamation. The priority of proclamation. The sower has to sow the seed. If the seed is not sown, then there will be no life, there will be no growth, there will be no harvest. The sower has to sow the seed. Without the sower, the seed is not sown. There is no growth. There is no harvest. I want you to notice, too, that the sower went out to sow his seed. Now, one of our highest priorities is to make sure that the Word of God is preached and taught in our services. Now, I love the singing. I enjoy the singing, and I've been in Africa long enough that if you watch me, and I hope you haven't been, I can't stand still when we sing. I, I laughed. I, I could not see Holly. Uh, I like it when Holly's up here singing, but have you ever noticed Holly cannot stand still when she sings? I've always enjoyed Holly singing, even when I can't hear, because she can't stand still when she sings. Well, I can't either. I spent too much time in Africa, and I have this little thing that I, I just I can't help it. I enjoy our worship, and I hope you do too. And I hope you enjoy a variety of music, a variety of styles, all of it praising God. I enjoy every part of our service. I enjoy the videos that Aaron chooses. Wasn't that a great video for Memorial Day today? Man, if that didn't put tears in your eyes, you got something broken. You need fixing. I enjoy the videos that we use. But listen to me. The most important part of this service is when the Bible is opened and the Word of God is preached. Let us never forsake the priority of the preaching, the proclamation of the Word of God that people know. I, I want you to know, I make a commitment to you as members of this church that if you will please bring your friends, your neighbors, your family, your co-workers, if you will bring them into this place, I promise you they will hear the Word of God that brings life and brings fruit. There is a priority here of the preaching of the Word of God. But the Bible says that the sower went out to sow. 
the sower went out to sow. Delane, the preacher's not the only one who's supposed to be sowing the word. You as members of this church are sowers too. And you go out. Now, I'm, I'm going to be very jealous, Tony, of my pulpit. I get, I'm the one who gets to preach, okay, in the church. But then, Rodney, you're supposed to go out and be a sower of what you've heard here, of what you've learned, of what God said to you in your quiet time. Of You're supposed to sow the Word, Kelly. And you go out to sow the Word. If this is the only place that the Word of God, the seed of the kingdom, is sown, we're not going to grow. The kingdom will not expand. The expanse of the kingdom depends upon you going out and sowing the Word of God. You don't just bring them here. You go out to sow. We need to make sure that we are sharing the Word of God outside these walls. Speak it in every chance you get. Wherever you are, with whomever you meet, whatever the situation, share the Word of God. By the way, it helps you to share it if you're living it. Seems sort of hollow, right? If you're not living the Word of God, to speak the Word of God. So live it and share it. I want you to notice something else about the story, and that is that the wise sower shares widely. Understand, and I had a little trouble as a kid understanding the parable of the sower because we only planted corn and cotton and, you know, Don plants that you put in a row. And so, you know, if you came to a spot that was wet, you didn't pay much attention to that spot. You didn't really care whether you got much seed in the soil or not. If, if you came to a spot where it was rocky and you couldn't even plow the ground, we, we didn't worry too much about how much seed we got in the ground because you're planting in rows. Understand the sower, David, that's, I understand that to be the, the guy who's sowing wheat. He's not putting it in rows. He doesn't want a row of plants. He wants a total filling of the, of the whole field of plants that come up close together. He is sowing seed, scattering precious seed. Sowing as he goes, just scattering the seeds. And if, if, if you're sowing, you don't pay attention to the soil. You just sow the seed. And you sow, the more you sow. The Bible says, he who sows sparingly will reap. He who sows generously will reap. And so the goal is to sow the seed widely. Who is it that you would not dare share the Word of God with? I hope you'd say no one. That is, that you would sow the Word of God with everyone. You say, well, they're not going to believe it. Let the Spirit of God take care of that. Just sow the Word. I hope you would never say, well, they don't deserve it. Because then you have to ask yourself, well, did I deserve it? 
Sow the seed widely everywhere you go with everyone you meet. Share the Word of God and your faith in Jesus Christ. Again, understand if only in this place is the, the Word of God sown, faith of this church will not grow. The key to the growth of this church and the key to the expanse of the kingdom of God is for you individually, members of this church, to be sowers of the seed. The seed is the word of God and you and I are the sowers. We're talking about the seed, the sower, and the soil. The whole series is going to be about the soil. This is just an introductory message. And the soil speaks of the problem of the hearts of the hearers. I'll hear about it later that I rushed through one of those slides a while ago and it had a blank to fill in and I flashed through it so fast that Sarah couldn't write it down. She may not scold me, but somebody will scold me later. So I'm, this is fill time right now, what I'm saying. So you have time to write hearts of the hearers and in your notes, and fill in the blanks. Okay, thanks, Joe. Um, the problem of the hearts of the hearers. You see, that's the soil. Now, in the parable, notice that there are different kinds of soil. That's why it's all about. The, the sower in the parable is Jesus. The, the sower is me, and the sower is you. But the, and we know what the seed is. It's the Word of God. But there are different kinds of soil. There is the packed soil that is on the path. And that's what I'm going to speak about next week. And I've got to be real careful. I don't preach my sermon this week that I'm going to be talking about next week. But I have to share with you one insight. Because we think of the path and we walk on concrete sidewalks. And we drive paved interstates. And I need you to put yourself in the century in which this was written and realize we're talking about a time when they went everywhere on foot. Did you ever see a plowed field and there was a narrow little trail across the field, Gail, where somebody went home for a bucket or for a jug of water? Or they went home for something and they came back and they've made a footpath across the field. The field is broken up everywhere else except for that little footpath across the field. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about that packed soil. We're not talking about an interstate highway. Nobody would sow seed on an interstate highway. We're not talking about a concrete sidewalk. We're talking about a footpath and we're talking about packed soil. We'll talk about what that means, what kind of heart, what kind of person that is, and the result of it. The, the, the next part is the rocky soil. No, that's not the name of a movie. But, and then there is the thorny soil, and there's the fertile soil. There's four different kinds of soil. And realize that we're talking about the hearts of men. Some men's hearts are packed and hard. Others are stony. The hearts of some people are thorny. 
And then there are some who have a heart that is tender and receptive and open to the Word of God. But I need to remind you, because you are the sowers, that you do not look at the type of soil. You just sow the seed. And you sow it in every place. Don't look at the soil and reject it just because you think they will not hear. I would remind you that in the parable that three out of the four that are represented got saved. Only one of those were not saved. You see, each level represents, each type of soul represents different levels of faith and of fruitfulness. I said only one of the four, the packed soil. The packed soil was the only one who was unsaved and unfruitful. But the rocky soil represents someone who received the word. Kelly, that means they were saved. But they didn't last very long. They didn't have a deep root. They, there was never any growth in that. So they were saved, but Gail, they dropped out in a hurry. We've seen that, haven't we? Somebody who comes in the church, David, through the years, we've tried to figure out how to close the back door, right? Because you get people in, and they don't stay, stay very long. Well, don't blame yourself and don't blame the preacher because one-fourth of those who receive the Word are going to fall into that category. There are some who are thorny soil. That is... They're saved, but then troubles come, that's the thorns, and they become unfruitful. Our churches are filled with people who are so concerned and choked by the cares of the world that they never become fruitful in the kingdom of God. Lord, help us. Lord, help us that we're not one of those. But then there's the fertile soil. Those are the ones with a tender heart for God who hear the Word and believe and they stay with it. Doesn't mean there's no troubles and no trials, but they're fertile soil and they become very fruitful. Not just fruitful, but very fruitful. Now, time for a survey. And you're allowed to speak at this moment. All at once, if you wish. Which one of those do you want to be? Let's try that again. I just want to be sure that I heard it right. Which one of the four do you want to be? I was listening very carefully. I did not hear a single person say they wanted to be the packed salt. I didn't hear a single person say, I want to be the rocky soil. You may want to be rocky, but you don't want to be rocky soil. I didn't hear anybody say, I want to be the thorny soil. Everybody chose option number, door number four. Let me tell you something. Every person determines for themselves the state of, of their own heart. Don't you leave here today thinking, well, God made me the thorny soil, and so I'll never amount to anything. 
Don't you leave here today saying, well, God made me the packed soil. He predestined me to be lost. You know, it's amazing. Uh, if you hadn't figured it out, I am not that much of a Calvinist, okay? And the, and the weird thing is, everybody I know who's a Calvinist believes that they're chosen. Do you ever think about that? None of them, Sue, have ever decided that God predestined them to be lost, and so they can't. Now, a friend of mine actually met somebody like that one time. That, that girl's got mental problems, I'm, I'm telling you. N nobody wants to believe that they are predestined to be lost. You need to understand, God gave you a choice, and you can choose to be hard-hearted. You can choose to be stony-hearted so that the Word you believe, but it never really changes your life. Something wrong when somebody gets saved and there's never any difference in them. There's no difference in them. That's up to you. You can choose to be the fertile soil. You choose the condition of your own heart. Listen, every time you walk into this room, and, and, and I want to say, don't think this is just when you hear the gospel for the first time. Every time you walk into this room, you choose whether your heart is going to receive the word or not. I mean, you can be distracted about whether I'm dressed properly you can be distracted whether I use proper grammar or not, and I hope I do. I'm a bit of a grammar Nazi. You can be distracted by people around you. You can be disgusted with the music, either in a good way or a bad way. You choose. And when the preaching starts, you can be critical of how I present it, or you can hear the Word of God. You choose in every sermon you hear how you respond and what kind of shape your heart is under the preaching of the Word of God. Now, I'm a preacher. David's a preacher. David, you know, we're the worst people in the world about that because we go hear another guy preach and we're evaluating his homiletics. We're, evalu we're judging him on which translation he uses. Most of the time we're thinking, I could have done better than that. And you probably could have done better than me in, in the message today. But the challenge, even for preachers, and, and I'm not just preaching to David and me, the challenge for all of us is to hear the Word of God with an open heart so that it revives us. That's the life part. And so that it leads us to bring fruit for the kingdom of God. It's up to you how to respond to the Word of God. So today, finishing the message, what kind of soil are you? In this moment, in this place, what kind of soul are you? How's your heart? 
Listen, the Word of God is true, and God moves upon His Word, and He wants to do business with you today. I don't know what God might be speaking to you that you need to do, what decision you need to make, but listen to the voice of God. Let the seed of God find lodging in your heart. Make the decision that God is calling upon you to make. If you've never been saved, trust Him for salvation. If you're not a member of the church, come for baptism. Come for church membership. If you're running from God, if you're backslidden, open your heart and come back. Come home. Come back to God. Father, as we stand for the invitation, move in the service by Your Spirit and glorify Yourself in this invitation. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.